It is time for us to begin our midday program here on KRVN. Thank you so much for joining us here on a very nice Tuesday. We've got Jason Jorgensen and Susan Littlefield and Bob Brogan in here all to tell us what we uh, should be thinking about here on this midday. And uh, who better? Really? Let's start with Susan. And Susan, you and I have got a forum coming up this afternoon. That should be really interesting. Uh, Looking forward to that. We'll talk more about that, but uh, it's something near and dear to your heart. Oh, yeah. I'm very pumped about it. Yeah. Yeah. It's good. Pumper. Pumped. Pumper, see, I yeah. see what you did there. That was good. Okay. That was good. All right. So what do you? What's coming up on the egg side for? Well, we're going to kick it off here at twelve nineteen. Alex talks about the Kansas Beef Certification Program. Then at twelve forty five, we're starting because we're into the month of May, cruising with renewable fuels. So Tuesdays will be me, and I am talking today with Ron Lamberty. He is with the American Coalition for Ethanol. So we talk about ethanol buyers, not the you're talking your gas pumps and that kind of stuff. Right. Your local. So we'll talk more about oh, that's that. Good. And what's happening as folks refocus on the importance of renewable energy. Then at 117, Alex is back in again and talks about a webinar that's coming up this Thursday on trace minerals. Okay. All right. Very good. Good stuff. Thank you. And you will be back in here at 3 as we do the forum. With my boots on. There you go. There you go. All right. Let's turn it over to Jason Jorgensen. The Mets decided that maybe they need a little run support. And so uh, they'll just fire some coaches. You think so? Is that what they're doing? Well, well they got yeah, bigger issues than that. They do, but Jacob DeGrom would sure like a little bit of run support if they yeah, could. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. he still managed to have a winning record so far. <laughs> no uh, help. ESPN, not that I'm one to ever promote their stuff, but they're doing a, a special Star Wars broadcast again today oh, as the guys doing the game will be dressed up as Star Wars characters, which is kind of cool. You know? I think you should do that sometime. Although I, don't, to work that I, I don't think Carl Ravage so is dressing as Darth Vader. That'd be a little tough to pull off a broadcast uh, doing that. <laughs> also, I'll tell you about and we hope to get a hold of him, uh, Ryan Langan from Cedar Rapids, Nebraska. He signed a free agent deal over the weekend with the Los Angeles Chargers. Many people don't know that he went down to Georgia Southern and was a fantastic center. He's a long snapper. and more than 500 snaps in college without a miscue. Wow. And it was named a third-team All-Americans. He, he has a good chance to make the Chargers. This kid who played six-man football at Riverside High School. But uh, we're efforting trying to get a hold of them this week. And Creighton has dipped into the D2 ranks for some help. All-American Ryan Hawkins from Northwest Missouri. He is transferring in, and he will have one year of eligibility left with the Blue Jays. I've seen this kid play the last yeah. four years up close and personal against the Lopers. He can play. Well, Northwest. He's got the biggest hands I've ever seen. Oh, yeah. And you can't blame him. I know some Northwest Missouri fans are upset that he's leaving. He had nothing left to prove there. They won three national championships, curb stomped everybody this year. He uh, probably will help out the Jays. They're almost a victim of of their success. A little bit. You know, because he's been so good. And everybody gets that extra year. Yeah, that's true. All right. Thank you, Jason. I appreciate it. Let's turn it over to Bob Rogan. We've got uh, stocks down a little bit today. Shares lower on Wall Street, and the S&P was down about five-tenths of a percent in the first few minutes of trading. Pfizer is raising its 2021 revenue expectations. CVS Health beat Wall Street expectations. And foreign ministers from the group of seven wealthy industrialized nations are gathering in London to discuss current issues. And I suppose probably... uh, Maybe they'll dress like Star Wars. They might. And they're talking about important stuff. All right, very good. 
It is 11.44, time for us to take a look at our ag weather and see how it's affecting agriculture for us and around the world. And Paul Perkins in here on just a gorgeous spring day what is that yeah a lot and a lot less wind today no <laughs> gust up to 40 or 45 for today but i would be interested on the over <laughs> under of days when the wind wasn't blowing 20 to 20 miles an hour especially this time of year oh. and, and of course nebraska and kansas nonetheless yep. but yep. it was a very chilly morning uh, we did see some temperatures get down to around freezing to about broken bone ord area on into north central and northeast nebraska mm-hmm. right about freezing there probably some frost in low-lying areas towards Ogallala and North Platte. Temperatures did get into the 20s in the direction of the Nebraska Panhandle on Lions Head, the state low of 21 last night. They uh, they get that a lot. Yeah, and it always they... seems to be the chilly spot of the state uh, when, when I'm working in the morning, but uh, rebounding those temperatures mm-hmm. very nice right now, especially with the westerly winds and yeah, as you said, just a gorgeous gorgeous day today. Good day to get some work done, that's Exactly, sure. and get some drying right now going. A lot of the Nebraska temperatures pretty much in the low to mid 50 well you know what we're going to say mid to upper 50s for the most part region wide across the area and more of those upper 50s as you head into northern kansas and also mid and upper 50s on into northeast colorado temperatures more so in the low half of the 50s on into the nebraska panhandle sunshine for today very nice weather near seasonal temperatures not quite as warm as what we usually get this time of year a lot less wind to deal with as high pressure does move overhead some scattered rain and thunderstorms are possible in western areas of Nebraska this afternoon, then region-wide tonight through tomorrow night with low pressure and a weak front tracking to the southeast. Since the system is coming out of the northwest, not going to see much in the way of any rain. Any of our rain totals will be on the light side and mostly around a tenth of an inch of moisture. And that is once again for tonight all the way into maybe into tomorrow evening. In between systems, Thursday and Friday going to be dry. Temperatures for tomorrow and Thursday up near seasonal levels. Friday and Saturday look to be the warmer day of the next seven with highs on into the 70s as our area sits on the warm side of a front thin thunderstorm chances are back though by friday night and will linger into the weekend not overly great rain chances with this system moving in a cold front will be slowly moving to the southeast and basically stalling out and we'll see some off and on chances for rain and thunderstorms friday night into the weekend the better thunderstorm chances start to move in by sunday night into monday when some low pressure tracks across the area it's still early to tell for sure but we could see some severe storms especially by sunday night into monday in the long term forecast cooler than normal temperatures are likely to remain for nebraska and kansas sunday through May 17th, that higher chance of cooler temperatures for early next week. Rainfall in Nebraska and Kansas likely to be slightly above normal for Sunday through May 17th. Soil temperatures slightly cooler with those cooler temperatures from last night at 7 this morning and 4 inches down. The coolest soil temperatures in the low 40s from north central Nebraska into the Panhandle, central, northeast, and southwest Nebraska into the northwest corner of Kansas with soil temperatures in the mid to upper 40s. The soil temperatures were in the low to mid 50s from southeast Nebraska into central Kansas. Then upper 50s to around 60 for the soil temperatures over eastern Kansas. Some key weather factors in the markets include drought damage to Brazil's corn crop and U.S. rain targeting the eastern Midwest. Moderate to heavy rain in the eastern Midwest through tomorrow. That will bypass the drier northwestern regions of the Midwest, but the lower temperatures are slowing the crop emergence and early growth. There's also a chance for some light frost with the pattern in the next seven days, but nothing too damaging. 
Primary Brazil central crop areas remain in the grip of a very dry and hot weather pattern through the next seven days. That dry season starting to set in for central Brazil. Unfavorable conditions for the second crop corn. It was largely planted later than average, and the production estimates for corn in central Brazil being lowered in response to that heat and drought. All right. Very good. Well, good to see the soil temperatures starting to work their way up yes, slowly. Uh, a little cool bit cooler nice. this morning, yeah. but overall uh, in pretty good shape. And, and over the last few years, they've been, been on the cool side. So uh, feel pretty good. A lot of people feeling pretty comfortable getting that planning done. All right. Very good. Where do you go to check in on your weather, Paul? Weather page, krvn.com. Learning more about the Kansas Beef Certificate Program. I'm Alex Wojcicki on the Rural Radio Network. Abby Hadari is the Director of Nutrition for the Kansas Beef Council, and she shares some details about the Kansas Beef Certificate Program. Through the Beef Checkoff, the Kansas Beef Council is able to reimburse Kansas high school and middle school family and consumer science foods and ProStart programs for the purchase of beef used in classes and teaching labs. Schools are eligible for reimbursement based upon the number of students that are enrolled in the Family Consumer Science Foods classes and the school classification for the ProStart programs. These funds provide financial support for the purchase of beef used in classroom lessons about lean beef selection, storage, preparation, and nutrition. To date, 101 Kansas middle schools and high schools are participating in the reimbursement program this school year. Even with the closure of schools across the state during the fourth quarter of last year, this checkoff-funded program reached over 12,000 students. She also talks about some resources that are available. There are numerous free resources available for Kansas teachers. First, in-person and interactive virtual lesson plans are available for middle school and high school family and consumer sciences classes and high school ProStart programs. The Kansas Beef Council currently offers over 10 standards-based lesson plans. These lessons cover a variety of topics such as the beef life cycle, beef's role in a sustainable and healthy diet, the variety and innovations in beef cuts, facts about grain and grass-finished beef, and overviews of the beef production process from pasture to plate. While lesson plans are designed for the culinary arts or family consumer sciences programs, STEM connections are included for all lessons, making it easy for teachers to make connections across the curriculums. Secondly, teachers can gain continued education hours by working through the Raw Truth About Beef curriculum, as well as during checkoff-funded sessions sponsored by the Kansas Beef Council during summer professional development conferences for Kansas teachers. And lastly, new family consumer science and ProStart teachers who enroll in the Beef Certificate Program receive a teacher resource kit with classroom cooking supplies and educational handouts that help them implement beef cooking labs within their schools. And speaking of those ProStart programs, Abby talks about some of the topics that the programs cover in Kansas high schools. Over 2,700 high school students throughout the state of Kansas take part in ProStart programs that are supported by the Kansas Restaurant and Hospitality Association Educational Foundation. These programs impact the prosperity of the restaurant industry by developing a stronger workforce and building the next generation of industry leaders. Students that are reached by these programs learn about career opportunities in the restaurant and food service industry, and they're able to put their skills to the test during culinary competitions. The checkoff-funded beef certificate program helps these future chefs feel confident when preparing beef. And she also discusses how teachers can enroll in the program. 
Kansas teachers can apply each year for the Beef Certificate Program by visiting the Kansas Beef Council's website at kansasbeef.org. Teachers complete the online application at the beginning of each school year. Application approval and funding are allocated on a first-come, first-served basis, and funds are only available to Kansas schools. Once accepted into the program, reimbursement is straightforward and quick. Once all beef is purchased for the full school year, teachers enter their information in the online reimbursement form, upload their beef receipts, and include a copy of the lesson plan used. Once the documentation has been submitted, beef receipt reimbursement is sent to the school. Again, if any teachers would like to apply for beef reimbursement for their family and consumer science foods classes or ProStart programs, then please visit kansasbeef.org and scroll down and click on Beef in Schools at the bottom of the homepage. That again is Abby Hadari with the Kansas Beef Council. From the Nebraska Soybean Board Studio, which is brought to you in part by Nebraska Soybean Farmers and their checkoff, you're listening to the Rural Radio Network. Time for us to take a look at midday sports here on a Tuesday. Jason Jorgensen in here and uh, kind of a cool story about a local boy does good. Yeah, Nebraska native Ryan Langan signed a free agent deal with the Los Angeles Chargers over the weekend. Langan, who is from Cedar Rapids, played six-man football at Riverside before starring at Georgia Southern. He had more than 500 snaps in college without a miscue and was named third-team All-American. He will be looking to make the Chargers as a long snapper. You know, that's a very specialist role. Good for him of finding his niche. And But Georgia Southern. Yep, and the guys who normally do that last in the NFL for quite a while. It's not that tough on your body because they can't cover you when you snap, but you're pretty much untouched on that. That's true. Of course, you might get rocked going downfield, you know, trying to make the play. But yeah, we hope to get a hold of Ryan later on this week and find out about that. But that's that's pretty cool. That's cool. From six man football to the National Football League. Creighton has dipped into the Division II ranks for some help next year. All-American Ryan Hawkins from Northwest Missouri is transferring to the Big O. He'll have one year of eligibility remaining. Last year, he was the Elite Eight most outstanding players. He helped the Bearcats to an easy win in the national title game. He scored more than 2,000 points and grabbed over 900 rebounds while helping Northwest Missouri to three national titles. I know some of the folks in Maryville were not happy uh, that Big Ten schools and Big 12s, KU was after him, too. Uh, but he chose to go to Creighton. Uh, he's from Atlantic, Iowa. It'll be interesting to see what he can provide for the Jays. I talked to some folks. I respect their opinion. They said he'll be a good player for Creighton. How how big is he, then? About 6'6", six, 6'7". Six, six, okay. okay. Huge hands. Yeah, I remember him running past me doing the game at the Helton Sports Center. I was like, man... <laughs> He's got mitts. Wow. That's so. that's not a carry, Coach. I'm just dribbling. Yes. <laughs> uh, pretty decent day for sub-district soccer to wrap up. The Lexington boys will host Scott's Bluff at 5. The Lexington girls will play out at Scott's Bluff. That one starts at 5 Mountain Time. B7 boys sub-district final has Northwest against York. And the girls sub-district final has Carney Catholic taking on Northwest. And Star Wars, of course, being celebrated across the galaxy every May 4th. ESPN has their commentators in costume for their telecast as the Astros visit the Yankees. Carl Ravitch will do play-by-play as Luke Skywalker. Commentary will be provided by Yoda, Tim Kirchin, which is fitting. Yes. And Jawa will be Eduardo Perez. I, I love Yoda. As, uh, Tim Kirchin is Yoda. That's just perfect. That is perfect. And uh, Amazon Prime Video will be the exclusive home of the NFL's Thursday night football package. They'll have that for 11 years. Oh. So if you want to see those... 
dog Thursday night games, you'll have to have Amazon Prime. That's I'll pass. Yeah, those those weren't I mean, good games. I, this I year. know what they're trying to do here, but rarely, rarely are those the top matchups no. of the week. No, they aren't. They aren't. <laughs> I don't even know if the Broncos played much last last year <laughs> on Thursday night. Boy, you would think they would have, <laughs> but they. <laughs> They didn't even want the Broncos. <laughs> but they will if Aaron Rodgers ends up in the Mile High any, City. Any more on that? Are we hearing anything more? Probably June when it all becomes official. Then mm-hmm. watch how many times the Broncos end up on prime time oh, TV they'll, again. They'll yeah, be tired. It'll be just like Tampa when... <laughs> yep, when just just like when Peyton Manning played for the oh, Broncos. True, yeah. true, true. We'll right. see. Very good. Thank you, Jason. Overton men face felony charges following a search of their residence last week. 54-year-old Michael Sinoco and 41-year-old Christopher Shadig have been charged in Dawson County Court with possession of a firearm by a prohibited person and possession of methamphetamine. Both are being held on 10% of $250,000 bond. Their next hearings are set for May 13, 2021 at 8.45 a.m. The Dawson County Sheriff's Office received information about through the Nebraska State Patrol Crime Stoppers that the men could be in possession of firearms and controlled substances. The Sheriff's Office, along with District 11 Probation Office, executed a search of the residence at 602 9th Street in Overton on April 28th. The search turned up a fully loaded 9mm handgun and unloaded collapsible 9mm AR platform rifle, several containers of 9mm ammunition, multiple firearm components, drug paraphernalia, and several types of pills. The handgun was later determined to have been stolen out of Denver, Colorado. The number of new virus cases in the state has declined to levels not seen since last July, but the pace of vaccinations is also slowing down across Nebraska. The state reported 1,166 new cases during the seven-day that ended on Saturday. The Omaha World Herald reports that down 29 percent from 1,653 cases the state reported the week before. Douglas County Health Director Addie Poor said the case numbers are headed in the right direction. The state said more than 70,000 vaccine doses were administered across Nebraska last week, but this is significantly below the mid-April peak of 211,057 doses in a week. A new monthly survey shows the economy in nine Midwest and Plains states roaring back to life in the wake of a devastating global pandemic, with the survey's overall index soaring to its highest reading since it began almost three decades ago. The Creighton University Mid-America Business Conditions for April released Monday came in at 73.9 from March's 68.9. Any score above 50 on the survey's indexes suggests growth, while a score below 50 suggests recession. Creighton University economist Ernie Goss, who oversees the survey, says the region has regained more than half the 106,000 manufacturing jobs lost to the pandemic in April 2020. The monthly survey covers Arkansas, Iowa, Kansas, Minnesota, Missouri, Nebraska, North Dakota, Oklahoma, and South Dakota. Troopers with the Nebraska State Patrol have arrested a Florida man after discovering 426 pounds of marijuana hidden inside ATMs, a safe, and a tote during a traffic stop on I-80 on Friday. At approximately 10 a.m., a trooper stopped a Mercedes Sprinter van, failing to signal a turn while exiting Interstate 80 at the Giltner Interchange at mile marker 324. A Nebraska State Patrol canine detected the presence of a controlled substance inside the vehicle. 
After a search of the vehicle, a plastic tote containing packages of marijuana with the assistance of the Grand Island Fire Department, 14 ATMs and the safe that were also in the van were opened, revealing packages of marijuana. Troopers located approximately $9,000 in a duffel bag as well. The driver, Gilbert Fernandez, 36, of Cooper City, Florida, was arrested for possession of marijuana, more than one pound possession with intent to deliver, and possession of money during a drug violation. For the Rural Radio Network, I'm Ellen Simmons. Renewable Fuels Month is underway, and we are cruising with renewable fuels. Good afternoon. I'm Susan Littlefield on the Rural Radio Network. I had the chance to speak with Ron Lamberty. He is the Senior Vice President with the American Coalition for Ethanol. As we talked about E15 and how there still is stumbling blocks in educating folks about the benefits of ethanol. Yeah, I, I think that's true. I think, you know, in some cases it's maybe a less mistrust. Um, you know, they're, been, they're very carefully... Uh, formed anti-ethanol ghost stories that have been out there now for decades that I think as more and more people use higher blends of ethanol, they find out those weren't true and still aren't. And so there's more people that realize they get a cleaner fuel and higher octane and it usually costs less too. So uh, people, those are things that people love when they're filling their tanks. And then when you couple the fact that people are looking at things like carbon intensity and greenhouse gases and you do a little study and find out that ethanol is really good for reducing those right now too um yeah it can be a very good time for us i think um you know the tendency is after a really rough time to just try to you know pull everything in and you know try and get back to where you were and i think we have a really big opportunity to uh reintroduce ourselves to the world as a you know an inexpensive homegrown low carbon fuel that you can get right now that will uh, help reduce pollution and, and greenhouse gases today it still amazes me that there's so much misconception out there yeah. even with the basics of e15 right and I deal mostly with station owners right and that's where a lot of people get their information about about fuel is they ask the station owner the station owner puts signs up whatever it is but they have been hammered so so long and so hard about how dangerous e15 is or e10 or I mean e85 any of these ethanol blends and they just they just believed them and then they also heard that it was very costly so they didn't look into it so you know, we're getting that word out to more and more station owners, and then they find out they can sell more of that product and make more money, and consumers find that they can buy a higher octane fuel for less money, and and the whole thing keeps rolling, but it's very small bites right now. There's still, I mean, I think there's, uh, you know, the petroleum industry is on the ropes, and they're going to fight hard to keep whatever volume they think is theirs, and, and at the same time, you know, we're going out there making sure that people understand that this ethanol that you've heard things about and a lot of stuff you've heard that was wrong, it's it's not, uh, um, I think the phrase I've used, it's not your old man's ethanol. It's not the stuff that a lot of even the environmental folks think they don't like. It's a, it's a much cleaner, more efficiently made product than it was even five or 10 years ago. And um, as I said earlier, I mean, if we can, you know, it's a, it's a thing that can help us get to those targets of reducing carbon intensity right now i mean it can it can reduce those numbers right now if we use more ethanol um immediately and for the most part equipment at stations is compatible with it and most of the cars on the road now are 
made with E15 were made with E15 even under warranty. Um, so it's uh, it's an attractive product, and we, like I said, I think we have an opportunity to really expand its use um, coming up in the next few months. Especially in the world we're in right now, as as more folks want us something that is you know, more environmentally friendly, why not look at something like ethanol? Well, and, and electricity isn't electricity everywhere. I mean, there's some places where it's still made with coal, some places where it's wind and, and you know, hydro and that sort of thing. But it's not it's not the same fuel. It's not the cleanest fuel everywhere. In fact, in the in the northern plains and kind of the Midwest, um, electricity most of the time is not as clean a fuel as E85 is right now today. So, um, you know, as the electric grid gets going, maybe bigger and different, um, there's still going to be issues with, you know, weather, knocking down power lines and things like that. And it, I think it's just one of those things that it's domestic. It's I mean, for God's sake, they used it to to make hand sanitizer during the pandemic. So, you know, it's clean and it's made by your neighbors and it's a. Uh, uh, you know, it's, it's got all those different benefits, um, plus it's cost effective. Um, so, I, yeah, it's a, at a time when people are, you know, money's tight and they want to make sure that things are safe and that they know who made the stuff. So tell me, Ron, what excites you right now about the, the ethanol industry at this moment? Well, one of the things that I'm excited about is that EPA, which has been kind of a big stumbling block for us in the past I mean, you know, 12 years probably since, you know, since E15 was approved in 10 years ago, you know, a lot of their rules on what you had to do to prove your equipment was compatible if you were a gas station were just, I mean, they were just a nightmare. And there were a lot of stations who didn't want to try it. And they heard it would cost hundreds of thousands of dollars to upgrade. And EPA just did a proposed rule. We commented on it, I think, the middle of last month. And within a few months, they should put those rules out and then stations can look on EPA's site and find out, okay, so I don't have to go through that whole gauntlet in order to prove that the equipment that I have, which is compatible with higher blends of ethanol. And in most cases, the underground stuff they have is compatible with E85 too. And that's my conversation with Ron Lamberty. He is with the American Coalition for Ethanol as we go cruising with renewable fuels. I'm Susan Littlefield on the Rural Radio Network. Time for our Midday Business Report. Here's Bob Rogan. With the Business Report for Tuesday, I'm Bob Brogan. Stocks were solidly lower in midday trading. Dragged down by big technology companies like Apple and Google, every sector in the benchmark S&P 500 index fell as investors continue to focus on corporate earnings and gauge the economic recovery's progress. Earnings and most economic indicators have been signaling a steady recovery, but investors remain concerned about the lingering threat from COVID-19, inflation, and other factors that could crimp progress. The S&P 500 index was down 1.2%. Bond yields fell, putting pressure on banks, which rely on higher yields to charge more lucrative interest. Pfizer is raising its 2021 revenue expectations amid the successful rollout of its COVID-19 vaccine and strong performances from many other medicines. The New York drug maker and its German partner on the vaccine, BioNTech, continue to sign contracts for their popular two-dose shot with multiple countries. They now expect to rake in roughly 
$26 billion from it, up from their prior forecast of about $15 billion. CVS Health beat Wall Street expectations, and after releasing projections earlier this year that disappointed analysts, a new outlook exceeds those levels. The national drugstore chain and pharmacy benefits manager now expects adjusted per-share earnings to range from $7.56 to $7.68, exceeding industry analyst projections for $7.53, according to a survey by FactSet. Foreign ministers from the group of seven wealthy industrialized nations are gathering in London to grapple with threats to health, prosperity, and democracy. It's their first face-to-face meeting in more than two years. Host country Britain has warned that the increasingly aggressive activities of Russia, China, and Iran pose a threat to domestic societies. For the Rural Radio Network, I'm Bob Brogan. Field work is in full swing, and we know you're in the tractor from sunup to way past sundown. KRVN, the River, and Cami are geared up for 2021 spring breaks. We'll be the ones driving up in a vehicle from Pony Express, Chevrolet, and Buick, Gothenburg, and Pony Express Ford, Minden, bringing you a hot meal from Skeeter Barnes, the best Nebraska corn-fed beef, and slow-smoked barbecue in Kearney. We're joined over the phone now by Dr. Lawrence Havinga. He's the CEO of Multimin. Thanks so much for hopping on with us. Today we're talking about a producer education webinar that's presented by the Nebraska Cattlemen that's happening uh, this Thursday, May 6th. And it's really going to focus on the role of trace minerals, especially in this upcoming breeding season. Tell us a little bit more, Lawrence, about this webinar and what it'll be about. This webinar really will cover off, you know, looking at reproductive efficiency in beef herds uh, with specific reference to trace mineral nutrition. You know, I think a lot of producers do the right things, and this is really about getting the timing right so that we really impact two things, impact the the calving percentage so that we can get more calves and really impacting calving distribution so that we get those calves born as early as possible uh, in the calving season. And so we were chatting before we came on air that there's a handful of things that you really want producers to take home with them. Tell me more about those. I think firstly is just to take a step back and really cover off how does a cow's production cycle, you know, how does her uh, reproductive cycle work and how does a bull work? Because I think if we, if we truly understand just the mechanics of how, how ovulation works, how sperm production works, then, uh, you know, make doing the right thing at the right time makes sense. And, and I found that, you know, once people understand why we're doing something, getting them to, to understand to do it, I think makes a lot more sense. You mentioned something interesting that I think a lot of people think about but maybe don't focus on, and that's preparing both your bulls and your cows to get ready for breeding season. And I'd have to say that's a pretty important thing to do, isn't it? You know, it's interesting. Just if you you look at the math behind this, you know, if we look at a cow, she's going to produce one, maybe two eggs every cycle that's actually going to be ready to be fertilized. And they're going to do that every 21 days. So if you've got a 60 or 63-day breeding season, you're going to have three shots at that cow. Now, the reality is when we look at, uh, at, at a cow, so if I screw up a cow, uh, I'm going to lose one calf out of that cow. Now, if we just take the opposite view and we say, okay, let's look at the bull. You know, every bull is, is going to uh, potentially cover about 45 cows. So potentially if we damage that bull or we uh, neglect that bull or we do something that's going to detract on the semen quality of that bull, 
we, now we have the potential to really impact 45 calves that we could have had. So I think, you know, if you just think about the math on that, you know, when, when I often hear people saying, well, a bull test is expensive. It's one of the cheapest things you can do because if, if something's wrong there, you've just saved yourself the misery of maybe losing 45 calves. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, Lawrence, it's also important to mention that you are presenting this webinar on behalf of Multimin USA, and the focus is trace mineral nutrition in breeding cattle. So explain this collaboration between the company and the webinar. If you look at our product, we provide a, uh, a high-quality injectable trace mineral that is something that really impacts only two things in the cattle industry. It impacts in a very great way the reproductive efficiency of both male and female, and it impacts on the other side uh, really the health and vaccine performance of cattle. All right, awesome information. Thanks so much. That again, joining us is Dr. Lawrence Havanga. He's the CEO of Multimin. And if you want to get registered for that webinar that's coming up this Thursday, May 6th, you need to go to nebraskacattlemen.org. There's an events button. Click on that and you will find the registration link from the Nebraska Soybean Board Studio, which is brought to you in part by Nebraska Soybean Farmers and their checkoff. You're listening to the Rural Radio Network. Play Patton on the Rural Radio Network. Let's check in with John Payne, Senior Marketing Analyst with Daniel Zag Marketing in Chicago, publisher of the newsletter this week in Grain. John, interesting commodity times we have, but another round of money inflection, another round of money flowing back into the commodities, really a strong day of gains. We see the U.S. corn crop now about halfway in. Uh, farmers have got to be feeling pretty good right now. What are some of the things that you're hearing when you talk with clients? Well, not too much on the farmer's side, you know. I mean, there's guys up in Northwest Iowa who are dry. Obviously, I follow the Dakota story. If you're following the newsletter, that's kind of a, the U.S. weather story on the jour right now. Um, maybe a little bit of moisture in the Ohio River Valley, but, you know, I mean, the report yesterday confirmed the crop's good. I think today's price action really would come high was at these 22. I mean, we popped up to trade almost 20 higher in that market. So, cruising through $5, trading upwards of 515 the high on that from the USDA report, which was, I think was it was when we went, but we went all the way up to 517. It might have been a week ago on just some random news and weather. I'm not sure, but the 517 level is worth watching there. And the way we kind of bear spread it today, which meant, you know, July was kind of the, the weakest of the group. And then you moved outwards into the curve and those contracts were the strongest. That's, that maybe tells me that some folks are moving aside. You know, the U.S. isn't, they're the most expensive feed grade in the world as far as corn goes. And, you know, with the crop they're going into the ground, I mean, there's no real debate on, on what to trade right now as far as new crops. So until that starts, I don't know, maybe we've seen our levels here. Um, I think as you watch July Kansas City wheat trade and have problems on rallies, that may scare me a little bit on corn because I don't think corn's going to get too much below wheat but I think it'll trade with it. And so if we would see maybe that low 680 level again, you could see July pull back there on corn. With all of this coming in together as well, and as you say, maybe we are trying to kind of establish a nearby high here. Can we expect this market to be more reserved and maybe more of a choppy sideways trade? Or is there still that potential that we could really see swings and get the volatility rolling here? Well, the volatility typically stays sticks around. If you go look at a monthly chart, the spikes that we get, you know, they usually are three or four or five, six months long, and then uh, they they kind of return back to the norm with another three to four month span. So it doesn't mean like in 2009, a lot of that was driven by financial crisis. Um, 
but I do worry that that you know something macro here is going to hit the market. You saw today on gold and Bitcoin specifically, and I really get hammered when um, Jenny Yellen was giving a speech and she she's mentioned we're we're preparing for higher interest rates. That is John Payne, Senior Marketing Analyst, Daniel Zag Marketing in Chicago. Learn more at danielzagmarketing.com. Do remember, train future options involve risk of loss.